Okay, this is the moment you've all been waiting for. And I've been listening to 610 since back in the 80s. This is the best combination for afternoon drive time sports radio I've ever heard. Show, Clint, you guys got it going on, man. I really appreciate your show. Best hair at the station, this entire show right here. React to that. Clint, you can put your toes up in the river, my man, and pop that cord right. I love beer. Hey, gentlemen. A show and a Clinton show. I love the show. You guys are great. We're the three best friends that anyone could have. Somebody out there listening right Ooh, now. Yeah. yeah, don't do that. Is that Mike Hot Top? I'm going to kick your ass, Tyler. I'll tell you <laughs> what. <laughs> Sports Radio 610 presents The Drive with Sterner and Cubley. Ah, uh, The Drive is live and in color, and uh, we're here with you on a Tuesday. A Tuesday. Big show planned for you as well. The normal, Seth Payne coming up at 2.40, and Brooks Cabina coming up at 3.40, so stay tuned uh, for that. Um, but uh, today, the biggest story uh, in the sports world is what happened last night on uh, Monday Night Football. Uh, the first time I can remember, Clint, you played, uh, you played the game and, and covered the game, that we've had a postponement of a game in the middle of, of a game due to a player's injury. Damar Hamlin, the uh, second-year player um, out of uh, the University of Pittsburgh for the Bills, the safety, uh, had um, had a, a very, very scary scene last night. Tyler, what a, you have the latest on uh, what's been reported on uh, his condition and what we know now? Yeah, as of right now, the latest, this is coming straight from the Buffalo Bills. They said Damar Hamlin spent last night in the ICU and remains there today in critical critical condition at the University of Cincinnati Medical Center. We are grateful and thankful for the outpouring of support we have received thus far. Yeah, uh, earlier they had mentioned that he, he did suffer cardiac arrest following the hit, uh, and his heartbeat was restored on the field before being transferred uh, to that medical facility. And uh, there, there's a lot there. And listen, we'll be here for the next four hours, and we are all hopeful and prayerful that we get some kind of uh, good news moving forward. We will have that for you anytime, at any point we, uh, we, we see this or we hear of that. We will pass that along to you, man. It, 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 was, a, uh, it was an interesting, to say the least, scary situation. Anybody listening to this, uh, many people who who love football and watch football are probably watching that game. You're a sports fan. You're probably watching that game in your houses, and uh, and, and it was a scary situation. Clint, as a former player, this is this is the first place I I, I want to get from you because I, I I'm interested in your mind when you saw it. When did you know? At what point did you know, Clint? This is different. This is different than an injury. This is different than. Ahead, like what point did you know? Like this is this is yeah. serious. Yeah, look, I, I think initially, right, like the minute that he he stands up and really? then, and the way he fell out, you knew uh, immediately. I didn't know. I mean, because I'm no doctor, but but I just never. You knew you'd never seen it before. It wasn't a hit. A guy's paralyzed briefly, then he comes back, or there's a chance of of paral because he stood straight up. Like he he had. He had uh, uh, movement in all of his extremities and things like that, and, and it wasn't a, a blow to the to the head necessarily where you think a concussion could po- potentially be the problem. So he I think I fixed his face mask, and yeah. then just and when he fell, just fell absolutely, literally dead weight kind of deal. I mean, it, it was it was 
immediately I knew it was different. And then I think I turned immediately to the players' reaction. Um, that's There's a lot of guys on that field last night that have seen concussions. Um, they've, they've seen broken bones. Um, they've seen even, even, you know, back injuries, neck injuries, where guys can't move their legs or their arms and things of that nature. And we haven't seen a reaction like that. So I, I think once you look up and the, and you see the players reacting the way that they were, um, it, it, you knew it was whatever it was, it was, it was a lot worse than just a football injury that we've seen multiple times in the past. No, that, that see for me, I, I didn't, it didn't register right away. Like, like, like it did for you when he filled it. For me, it was listening to to Joe Buck, and just kind of from my side of things, you could hear him. And Joe Buck is a professional. I don't know how many people feel about Joe Buck around here, but Joe is a professional. You could tell he was flustered, shook, yeah. shook grasping for something, and trying to get to a break. That's yeah. what he was trying to do. And you could, I mean, Troy, what you could hear, and I was like, man, they sound, they sound serious. And then the point where you said like. I like I can still see uh, Traverius White, his face, the corner yeah. out there, Elam, the, the the other corner out there. Their face, Stefan Diggs, and you're like, mm, why are they like they're they're crying? Like I like you don't because you don't know. Like even if somebody isn't like moving, you don't because you don't know yeah. immediately. They just strap. And then that that point when you see the players' reaction, like do you remember? And this is completely. Different, you remember. It was basketball. You remember when Gordon Hayward had that nasty leg injury? Yes. Yeah. And you mm-hmm. could they didn't show, but you could see all the players' faces. And every like all the players you looked and saw like, like this is different. Like that's that's kind of how it was last night when, when seeing when seeing their faces. And that's that's when it jumped off to me in terms of like this is this is this is why like and then the the point when, when as soon as you saw the face, you're like Okay, this like to me it's like this game's over, yeah. like like they, they they there's no way they can play and I and I was thinking about it like I wonder, Clint, have you ever been in a situation? Obviously, we've never seen this. Anyone has, yeah. but have you ever been in a situation where there was some sort of injury or something where you're like, it was difficult for you to get started playing again? Oh yeah, yeah, no, difficult to get started. Play. Yeah, I mean, I've seen a, a number of broken legs, um, and and when that happens, you look up and a guy's foot's turned the wrong way, and, and all of a sudden, hell, walking on the sideline, you do it gingerly because you you just feel like it could be you could be the next one. It could happen to you, yeah. Because the you know it happens just in a normal act of playing playing the game. Guys, cleat you know catches in the turf wrong or he gets hit with his cleat buried in the turf, and and next thing you know, that thing snapped. And so, yeah, I mean, even little stuff like that, I mean, has made it tough for me to, to, to go out there and just free my mind and play football and not worry about uh, getting hurt. I mean, a, a big part of what of playing the game is being able to play it with a clear mind and not worrying about injury, literally flying around and not worrying about it. If you're worrying about it, you're going to hesitate, you're going to miss tackles, you're going to drop balls, you're going to miss reads, you're – you're going to miss blocks kind of thing. You're just not going to be able to play full speed. And so a big part of it is being able to play, you know, with it, with a, a free mind kind of deal. And so, yeah, I think just any kind of in, injury, you know, for the first few minutes and the, and the first few plays afterwards, I think you it's human nature to go, well, let me, let me, I'm, I'm going to move a little gingerly or let me get through these next couple of plays to get my clear my mind and get it right. I, I think, you know, as, as a player too, you, you're always – like every injury that I've ever witnessed – 
uh, whether it be concussion, back, spine, have broken seen, arms. Have you been on a field where yeah, someone's I, got carted off? Or, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I've been on a field when somebody got carted off. I, I've been on a field and, and, and no no major spine or neck, but definitely big-time scares, which you know when it's a spine or neck, they always, they take it all precaution, right? They, I mean, they they strap them to the gurney and they, they, they move them and um, ambulance comes out, all that jive. Um, but the way that I was conditioned, and I feel like the way most – football players condition because it's that's the sport that's the, the most violent is boy if you just see that thumbs up all right let's roll let's keep playing really right e- even if it's a guy that that heck we, we've seen some where they they can't move their legs but they can move their upper body and they give that thumb or it's a concussion and they were completely knocked out they give that thumb as a player you're just like okay boom let me let, let me go play ball let's keep this thing rolling um and that show is where i think last night was totally different and i take it once, once we started hearing what was going on, like I went completely away from football. Like I, like it's in that moment had some had I been a part of which, by the way, Lisa Salter, uh, uh, Booger McFarlane, Adam Schefter, um, who Susie else? Culver. Susie Especially Culver, right at the at the beginning um, where they kept- yes, I mean, unbelievable job of of not speculating, of not saying too much, but speaking from the heart, speaking from experience. I mean, they did a tremendous. Tremendous job to, to the um, point of where you're saying you you came away from football like Booger and we've had Booger you, Booger's your guy yeah we've had him on many times it was like <laughs> Booger said let's just somebody we're not playing football like yeah. football's done tonight yeah. well that's right like I I immediately because my my like when I saw the guys and the way they were responding it, it was to me like a real life incident where if you or I were driving home today and we pulled up on an accident that just happened and we get out to help and somebody is is literally not breathing, whether it's – whether I'm not talking about blood and, and all kinds – I'm talking about just somebody's not breathing and needs CPR and, and or somebody's administered – like you see somebody essentially seconds away from not – you know, oxygen not getting to their brain. And then, like the human nature is for you to be super emote – for most of us. Some people that are doctors and nurses, yeah. they, they just roll with it. But the human nature is, is to be emotional, uh, you know, a, a, about that. And so – you know, I, I immediately went there. Forget the football aspect of it. We're all human beings, and we're sitting here watching a guy that we know, and I'm talking about the, the team, um, that you know literally isn't breathing, his heart's not pumping, whatever, beating, whatever was going on, and it is a panic for nine minutes to save a guy's life, man. I can't I, imagine what the players, like their faces, like to imagine when we finally figured out what was happening, yeah. that they're doing CPR frantically, and that they are moving and bringing equipment, and then they yeah. had to, you know, put the AED on him. Like to watch that, yeah, that like to the point you're making. That's like being at a car wreck, and and that's yeah. different than, than so anything you all have I, dealt it, with. It just takes me like I I don't know, man. Like I listened to a lot of the guys, and, and and they all did a great job covering it. But just a lot of guys, the former players, talking about, you know, we get paid to play this game, we play it to take care of our family, we think we're gonna go home. All all this, all this, why you play the game, and man, for to me, forget all that. I mean, this is, I mean, as a human being, when I see another human being not breathe, like, I mean, I remember one time, hell, like, funny thing, I was at a Razorback game in in, in uh, Razorback Stadium, standing next to John Daly at, at, at uh, on the, like, the, the suites were all facing the field. We had, at halftime or something, we had walked out into the, the little open area, and we're, le- and it was open air, so we're leaned on this rail, John's over there smoking a heater, and, and we're looking over the parking lot. And we're just watching his family comes walking down the parking lot, down down a ramp, concrete ramp before they cross the street, and and an old man falls out with a heart attack. 
right? And, of course, they start calling me. But just watching, my point is watching that. Yeah. Like, I mean, John and I are sitting there. We're panicking, and we're four stories up, and we don't know these people, and we don't – you know, it's human nature when you see something like that for your emotions to be absolutely shook. And to me, that's what we saw last night. Forget the football aspect of it. It was one human being, or really 200 human beings, standing around and seeing another guy up close and personal that, that some of them know, love, care for, and he. it looks like he's not going to come back. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that, that's it's human nature to, to, that's to be different. shook like that's that, That's different than the... As you say, like for me, I don't know if Tyler, if that got you when, you know, Clint's like, all right, man, we see somebody wheeled off and they get the thumbs up and all right, we're ready to go. Like that kind of shows, I think, how you guys are just built differently than us because that would have me like yeah. I see somebody go down, head strapped, even if they go to the thumbs up like that would shake me for a bit. But I think you guys are obviously it, built a little different. Well, those, the thing is, like, like I, I think you're wired to be, like, to, to understand that it's a violent game and at any point in time it can be taken away from you. Not your life. Not, yeah. The game? Cool. I mean, hey, look, look. Some, some dudes don't play past college. Some dudes have injuries that hold them back. Some dudes have injuries that knock them out from being an all-pro, Pro Bowl type of player. But take the game from them. That's life, man. You throw, you, you give the thumbs up and let's move on. Oh man, the 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 taking somebody's life in the middle of it is is an absolute. Uh, that's a different scenario there now. No, it it, it was uh yeah it was a, a powerful situation. One 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 thing you did say I didn't want to get out. Ryan Clark as well. Yes. Scott Van Pelt. Mm-hmm. Uh, listen, those guys being in the business that we're, we're in, those guys there is nothing that anybody has to reach to prepare to cover that. Yeah. There is nothing that you have, and you gotta. You got to be smart about things you say, yep. like you said, not speculate. And and they they brought very real, honest uh, reference points yep. and things, and and it kind of helped people get through it. You know, one one two a little different scenario, but I, but I think a, again a a a human element to the game. When I was in Dallas, is when Dwayne Goodrich um, had that car accident and and killed a couple people. Yep, and. That was a different. That was a different feeling too, because you, you know the guy, you care about the guy. Not only is football like his career's over, right? But this dude's going to jail. I mean, it's yep. vehicular homicide with two people kind of deal. And and you know, uh, I mean, he ultimately is a is a good dude. He made some poor decisions and went out there. But but like, it, it, it football was gone. Freedom was gone for an extended period of time. Not his life. Not as serious as this. But another time in my career where, where you and, and it's just the emotional side of it, like man, that is wild. So, uh, yeah, man, just prayers up to him and his family. Luckily, his mother was there in the stadium, um, and and could get to him by his side immediately. I, I, the last report I saw was that the the ambulance was actually waiting on her so that she could ride to the to the the, the hospital with Which him. Which many experts said is a, is thought to be a positive sign sure, sure, that sure. they would wait and didn't feel. That yeah. they immediately had to go there, but like I said, man, we are uh, we will report uh, when we hear anything, and and, um, and hopefully positive positive news, uh, anything that will pass along. I'm a, I'll be honest with you, straight up, and you know we're always just completely honest. Last night, uh, as a parent, was a tough was a tough one for me, as we you know I've talked about a little show. He's crazy as hell. Uh, he is <laughs> he loves football, loves it. I mean, when I say loves it, this is a, a at, at the age of seven, sat down with Clint at the stadium and was all in to discuss, to discuss <laughs> to discuss the Tampa two look, to discuss 
all kinds of uh, coverages. So he is into the game. We're sitting there watching. It's a big game um, and uh, the big big implications uh, on, on the postseason. So we're front and center watching it. And then this happened. And he's he's eight years old. And, it, you know, he's watching it. And, and I'm, you know, we're all into into it. Then, you, you, you know, you kind of got to look over there and, and see how he's dealing with it. We ultimately, me and Courtney ultimately made the decision like, all right, we, we got to stop him yeah. from watching this because I could see in his face, like, and I'm sure many other parents out there, if you were watching it, you know, as many families do together, had to make a decision. I could see the concern in his face, and he was really, like I see he was struggling, and we kind of made the decision, hey, man, uh, we'll, uh, why don't you go, you know, do something else while we yeah. we take this out. But, and he he didn't, I, I could tell he didn't sleep well. He was asking about, you know, how he is this morning. But, like, you know, for parents at home watching that, your kids play football. You watch that, and like you said, man, that's a that's a normal. I don't want to say normal, but that's a play we see every Sunday, sure. multiple times. And I know that fear set aside. It was it was an interesting thing of you know how much we allow him to watch him to see, but but that well, was a, that just, was a tough one as a parent to to figure out how you how you get through that. Well, I, I could see where the the toughest part for you guys and for him show was how, and I'm not knocking ESPN for this because I I, and I thought they did a great job. Um, but it just went on for so long, right? I mean, they kept cutting back to the game, back to the studio, back to the game, and it was just it was a lot to process for um a young fella. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, what? Wait, what? What is what's going on here? And 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 again, they did such a great job of in the moment with the tone of their voice and kind of the message that they were relaying, um, that they were communicating. They did a great job, but if you look at it through an eight or nine year old's eyes, boy. That was that was dramatic, man. Not dramatic's maybe not the right word, but that was traumatic. Yeah, tra- yeah, tra- yeah. There yeah. you go. Yeah, there was there was trauma all around. So yeah, it was a, it was a it was an interesting night uh, to uh, you know as a parent to try to handle that. But I just explained to him, and um, and you know you don't want to speculate, but I explained to him like this doesn't mean football is bad, right? And yeah. <clears throat> you know this is a situation, especially as we learn more, you, you know how this is this is a really a freak situation. This is not a common situation that we we've seen happen. Now, you know, obviously, as you said, you know, the dangers of of the sport, but to kind of explain to them, this doesn't mean that, you know, football is a, is a, is a bad thing. Well, you know, the the crazy thing too, of course, people start bringing up anytime that, that something like this happened in sports and I can't, I should have it. I should have this in my, in my notes, but I don't, The, the hockey player that got hit in the chest with a, with a hockey puck. I don't know if you've seen that. But it was similar. He got hit in the chest with a hockey puck, and it and it caused his a heart. He can't. He reco- fully recovered. I think he played nine more years or ten more years. Soccer player in, in, in NHL. Too, yeah. yeah. So um, hopefully that's hopefully that's the that. situation, and that's that's what happens with this young fellow. Yeah. Prayers prayers up for Demar Hamlin, and uh, we'll keep you updated on that situation. Um, even in a difficulty today, we'll uh, we'll still have the conversations we feel like uh, you guys are looking for, including a conversation in terms of. The size situation with the quarterback conversation, in particular Bryce Young, it is really, really, really growing, and you can tell this is going to be hot all the way up into the draft. We'll discuss that coming up next. Sports Radio 610 presents The Drive with Sterner and Hughley. Sports Radio 610 presents The Drive with Sterner and Hughley. 
All right. Uh, um, as I said, uh, we'll keep you updated on the situation in Buffalo with DeMar Hamlin. But uh, as we roll through here on a Tuesday, Clint, I know uh, I know this is going to bother you, and it has been bothering you. But uh, this is something that Bryce Young is going to have to deal with, and we are going to be talking about it was Kenny Pickett's hands last year, his hand size. This one, now that Bryce Young is looked to be the, the, the top quarterback prospect and, and many people seeing him going number one, the size conversation. Yep. The size conversation is big. And here here's a former a former coach of yours, a guy you know in Sean Payton, and a guy who is my plan A if I were Kyle McNair to be my next head. Make coach. him say no. Make him do everything, anything he needs. This was him talking about size and Bryce Young. Let's do this. Let's not draft small players in the first 15 picks of the draft anymore. Let's not get away from prototype. Those early picks have to be prototype players. Now, let's say we're looking at a corner and our requirement for prototype at that position is 5'11". You'd say, oh, how much? He's 5'10 or he's 5'9". There's a point at which you turn and say, all right, and Bill would say this, does he walk on water? And, And if the answer is yes, then... We're going to look at Aaron Glenn some more. Yeah. Because he drafted Aaron Glenn. Yeah. And and you just see the mistakes. Really recently, you have to pay attention to typing when you're looking at the health of players and you're looking at the size of players. And two is just one example. We're going to see it again, I think, this upcoming year. There's another quarterback coming out of Alabama that's not going to be prototype. I I, I refuse to believe you. I believe believe Sean's lying. Uh, I, I, I don't believe I don't believe he means that. I, I do not at all. But now Sean's jumping into it. Yeah, look, I, I tell you, like I, I think what sh- there's several layers here, man. I, I got hit with this audio a couple of days ago, actually, and and I try to just listen. Like I think overall, like an, an organization doesn't want to make a habit of drafting undersized players in, in at all, but but damn sure not in in the the most important place in the first 15 picks of the draft. Right, you don't want to make a habit of drafting undersized players. I think that as a as a, a general rule of thumb is is absolutely spot on and 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 must happen. Right, um, but but he makes a, he, he there, there's that audio. There's a lot there's a lot there with Sean Payton. He 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 made the the comment about Aaron Glenn, and mm-hmm. clearly they drafted Aaron Glenn. I am a okay with the thought of generally speaking, we're not going to draft undersized players, but. When we start analyzing, evaluating, meeting with players, and it's a it's a major position of need, and it is a guy that that he checks every single box other than size. I think the terms that the the phrasing that Sean Payton ended up using, not necessarily in that cut, but in that interview, was, or, or did, did he just say that that uh, Parcells does he walk on water? Yeah, he says he walk. On yeah, water, does yeah. he walk on water? Right. Well, I'm gonna tell you what I agree with everything Sean Payton's saying. I, I if and I don't care if he's undersized or not. I don't care if he if, if I don't care if we're talking quarterback or not. If I'm not absolutely in love with a player, specifically a quarterback, I'm not drafting him top five, rather top hit, ten. Whether he's six, seven, or, or I, mean, five, I don't seven. care. Show, we're, show you and I are we're going to own a team, and we're going to sit down and we're going to go. Well, you know, this guy's got a great resume, man. But there's just something about it. Like, I, I don't I don't want to marry him. I don't I'm not in love with him. I'm going to play a couple games with him, maybe maybe see what he looks like in uniform. But I I just no man. I mean, if if you're not 100 percent in love with that player, if you don't believe that if you don't believe that Bryce Young can walk on water, if you don't believe that Bryce Young 
is a organization changing quarterback. And if you, if more importantly, if you if if you allow his size and that being the only thing, because I think every other other box is checked with a with a big bold black sharpie. There ain't no yeah. doubt about it. Like if that if that is powerful enough in your mind to push you away from from Bryce Young, then don't draft him, right? If you're not completely in love with him, don't draft him. I think it's the worst mistake that some of these some of these organizations make is you draft a quarterback to be your savior, to be your franchise guy, and you you yourself have reservations about him. So I just I like what Sean says, generally speaking, from a prototypical size across the board at all positions. I'm glad that Sean Payton went back and and basically said, but there are exceptions. Yes. There are exceptions. And he immediately gave you one. Aaron Glenn's one of them. What? Shout out to Aaron Glenn. By the way, I, I didn't, he, he's an Aggie, isn't he? Isn't he, uh, Tyler? Well, he's an Aggie who I thought was going to lose his job as a defensive coordinator for the for, for the, the Lions, Lions, but he's 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 spun back. I thought for sure we'd get a we'd get a Jimbo drop right there, man. Yeah, what the hell's going on in there? Yeah. See, you. I don't you, think you he knows. Yourself, I don't man. think he knows Aggies he's in that a bad old. Spot, man. I don't think he knows Aggies that old. Aaron Glenn, I knew he was an Aggie. I didn't hear what who y'all were talking about at first. I don't think you do. January third, man, and you're already in a bad spot, man. I'm not in a bad spot. I'm in a great spot. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Look, I just I I think so. I think like talking specifically to Sean Payton's comments, I, I don't. I'm not concerned with him because I couch Bryce in, in that in that at least what I know. I hadn't sat down with him. I'm not a general manager, but what I know. The the information that I'm privy to, he's the exception. He he is a guy that I believe walks on water. He is a guy that I, I would go, hey man, come in here and and change this organization. This is a guy that Nick Saban had no problem multiple times stepping up to the mic, arguably the best coach we've ever seen at any level. Step up to the mic and say, when the best people on your team are the best leaders on your team. You got you got the right you, you got a chance to win a lot of ball games and and Bryce Young is one of those one of those guys. I just so. think what we've seen in today's NFL to go along with one precedent. I mean, we can roll through Russell Wilson short, and many people talk about Kyler. Kyler Murray has been a successful. When we look at quarterbacks, yeah, but his career he has been successful. Uh, there are Drew Brees, by the way, who Sean had. Like we've we've seen. We've seen the success story, so it's not like a, a rarity like uh, of guys right. that we, we've seen. I just think we need to, the way the game is played, how it's officiated now, hell, you can barely touch these guys, how it's officiated now, I think we just need not to put size as much of a, of a grade, as high as a, of a portion of the grade as we used to because we've seen players at that size be able to play and – they're not being able to get touched and hit the way they used to. I mean, you can't you can't even land on them. You we, can't we do don't, So we don't. So have I just a, don't think it should be that big of a of a of a of, of a thing in the grade anymore. We don't have a sample size large enough of six foot quarterbacks being drafted in the first round, handed the reins to an organization, and either having success or failing to say that size is that relevant when we talk about having success or failing. Now we've got a bunch of six three, six four, six five, big bodied, big armed, can make all the throws, throw the route tree, all the things everybody gets excited about. There's a there's a boatload of those guys that were drafted in the first round, handed the reins, and didn't ever piss a drop. Yes. Right? And we, got we, hurt. We've got about six or eight years where smaller quarterbacks have been taken seriously and drafted early. And 
so, so there, it's it's not comparing apples to apples. It's it's not. So when I'm having the conversation, which is I, a lot of people have, uh, they really struggle with this. Like, le, like I don't care that Drew Brees wasn't. We're not we're not talking about Drew Brees. He was drafted in the second round, and it was his second stop. It was his second contract. We're, we're, he he wasn't. He'd never have been drafted. That's my point, right? That is my point exactly. Look at who's had success in the league. There's been plenty six one six foot quarterbacks. Which, by the way. They're usually if they're listed at six one or six foot, they're shorter than that. But there's been plenty of guys that have had a ton of success. So why is why does size matter? Tony Romo is one of the best passing quarterbacks I've ever seen in terms of processing at a high level, anticipating, throwing the ball with accuracy. He's unbelievable. Another one of Sean Payton's guys, by the way. Like he had an unbelievable amount of 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 success. The level of success he had, you would have drafted him first. You'd have drafted him in the first round. The level of success that Drew Brees had, you would have drafted him in the first round. The, the the amount of success that Russell Wilson had, you would have drafted him in the first round. Based on the success that he's had and the productivity that we've seen out of that player. So, I, look, I, I just, I think that size is blown completely out of proportion. Um, it, it's a conversation that I'm yeah, just not going to have on social media anymore. From the trailer will and frame text line, Kyler Murray has not been successful and will likely not see a Super Bowl. I just think you are football illiterate. Well, I mean, I, I'm sorry. He's the NFL Offensive Rookie of the Year, and he's been to two Pro Bowls. I, like, I, I, I'm not saying that he's a Super Bowl winner. He's a, He's been a successful player. He has taken. He yeah. has been the quarterback of a bad organization, and before this year, they had improved their winning every year. Two-time Pro Bowler, Offensive Rookie of the Year. You would not take that from the next starting quarterback for the let me add to that show. Here's the deal. Like, I hate when people say he'll never win a Super Bowl. Like, if that's where your standard is or that's where your bar is, like, you know how many guys in, in the next 20 years, you know how many guys are going to win a Super Bowl? I mean, 10, 12 of them, maybe? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's just, it, it's it's like, that's that's crazy. Yeah. The best quarterback in the league, Josh Allen, or one of the best, he had not won a Super Bowl. Yeah, Lamar, a lot of them. MVP, Burrow, ain't won a Super Bowl. Joe Burrow never won a Super Bowl. You don't want him either? Yeah. Uh, crazy. Yeah. All right, uh, coming up, Seth Payne, our guy. He'll join us since it's a Tuesday. We'll get his thoughts on everything happening uh, with the NFL and with the Texans. That's coming up next. We had like a little love triangle going on with my friend Jim Hancock. Sports Radio 610 presents The Drive with Sterner and Hughley. That's right. It is a Tuesday on the drive, and that means we are joined by one half of uh, Payne and Pendergast. You hear it every morning right here on Sports Radio 610 from 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. Seth Payne is with us. Seth, uh, I got to get your thoughts here before we we move on and and get some conversation about the Texans. Last night was uh, was a... uh, was a a scene none of us have ever seen before, and as somebody who played ten years in the league, just your reaction, your thoughts of of what you saw last night with the uh, with the Hamlin situation in the uh, in the Monday Night Football game. Um, you know, it was uh, it, I was driving, and my wife called me, and it was weird as you know when your wife calls and you know something's up. Yeah. Uh, and I could tell she was kind of emotionally unsettled about something, and she was describing the scene to me, and it was. Um, it was, I guess it was hard to really understand exactly what it was like until I got home and then I rewatched the actual play and, and saw the, I think the emotional response of the, the players itself 
is what got me because I, you know, there you see players motionless on the turf or on a court or whatever in sports at times, um, but administering CPR and defibrillators and the emotional response of those players right there, and and realizing that this was some kind of a like an actual life-threatening situation, um, it was just it, it it was very hard to kind of hard to grasp exactly what it was probably like for those guys on the field. I think that the closest that a lot of football players have come to is if you've been in a situation where there's been a spinal injury on the field and where it's very clear that they're immobilizing a guy and that they're, you know, they're, they're, they're completely motionless. And I've, um, I've been in a situation like that in the Hall of Fame game in the first year of the franchise, the first game uh, the Hall of Fame game, obviously, is the first preseason game. So that was the first time we'd ever been on the field together in a, in a genuinely competitive situation. And we had Lamont Evans uh, hit a player as he was rushing the punter and went motionless, dropped to the turf. And first there's the punt and all the hang time there. And then there was a return after that. It wasn't a fair catch or anything. So it seemed like forever Lamont, Lamont was laying out there on the field and it, before the play was over and the trainers could get out to him. And, and I don't know, you know, I don't know how you draw the comparison there uh, in terms of, okay, how do you move on? How do you respond to it? Uh, you know, how do you play the next game and all of that? Other than to say, I think there's, there's a compartmentalization that goes on. And, and a lot of people have been in situations like this in football, um, but it, but it's never, you're kind of prepared for a spinal situation. You've seen it. You've been, uh, you know, you've been educated about the proper ways to tackle. Everybody knows that's a danger. The situation like you had last night is, if it is, if it is the medical situation that people think it is, it's something that happens very, very rarely in sports, um, just a few times a year probably, uh, in the, where it results in cardiac arrest. Seth, I think it's. I think as you as you look at at what went down, right? Is I think we're all conditioned to um, to understand that the concussions, the neck, the spine injuries, uh, possible paralyzation. You know, that that's all uh, an outcome that when you take the field, when you choose to play the game. Uh, obviously, we hate to see it happen, but you just we're almost conditioned, and you said compartmentalized to understand that's part of the game. Um, Boy, last night was different. I, I think this is the case even with the NFL and kind of how they handle it. I know they're catching a little bit of flack about guys possibly warming up and possibly continuing the game. But I think everybody's just conditioned to, to you know, see the thumbs up or or know the guys at least breathing again and you move on. Last night was different because it literally was a life and death and, and folks didn't know whether the guy was going to come back until after they closed the door of the ambulance. Yeah, yeah, and I, like if you, I think if you, like Commodio Cordis is the name of the condition that most medical professionals think this, they, they, they think this probably is, um, and, it, and it happens in youth sports most often just because there's so many kids playing youth sports, and, the, and it's when, usually when a ball or a puck or something hits the chest at, at precisely the right moment in the heart cycle, like it has to be within milliseconds that it creates cardiac arrest. The, the survival rates aren't good uh, at all. And they're, they're better if there's CPR administered immediately. But I think that that's probably something, too, that 
in, in the moment, the medical staff and people in football, including the coaches, you know, uh, realize, okay, this is different than even a, a spinal situation where there might be, uh, you know, really drastic uh, d- d- drastic circumstances if somebody ends up paralyzed, but it's not necessarily life-threatening. I think that the medical people there knew the severity of the situation. And as far as, like, how quickly the game was called or why it took so long, I don't, I don't really worry about that, I guess, as long as uh, – if, if you're somebody who thought that the game should have been canceled – Ultimately, it was canceled, and um, it's just – it's really easy to criticize people handling a, uh, a, a one-in-a-million situation, uh, you know, in real time and having to make very serious decisions about the person himself more so than the football game. Um, I think ultimately it's just uh, – you know, the, the, the game wasn't played. As far as the game's not being played, I, I've seen discussion about whether the, the league should play this week or not. I would be – I would be surprised, and I'm not trying to be, you know, like old school or, or anything like that here. I just think that there is, um, there is an element of uh, you, you, you deal with difficulties and tragedies, and, you know, everybody has in their personal life where you kind of got to figure out, like, okay, if uh, somebody very close to me has an issue, you know, how do I balance work and attending uh, family events and all that? And we're, we're in a situation here where hopefully – the guy just ends up being fine, uh, and, uh, and and the Hamlin will, will come back. I just um, I don't I don't know if it, I don't know if a, a week long delay of games is something that is is necessary or or even um, I, I, I'm just I'm a little bit confused by that part of it. Yeah, that's uh, that is Seth Payne. You're listening to. He joins us each and every Tuesday around this time. As we said, we'll continue to keep you updated on any news we hear. Uh, involving Tamar Hamlin in uh, the latest on that, uh, but as we as we we do, we we move on to um, to what else is happening here with the Texans. Do you think Sunday's game was the last straw? If there was a straw left for Lovey Smith returning next year, um, I you know I think it, last week's game, at the very least, I think it was this. I think it was a reminder that sometimes in a season when you're a really bad team, you're going to face good teams who perhaps don't come out all that motivated against you. And with the Jaguars, they came out very, very motivated. And of the four playoff caliber teams, I don't know if the Titans are playoff caliber, but they're in the playoff conversation. Um, But of those four playoff potential teams that the Texans faced in a row, from the Cowboys, the Chiefs, the Titans, and the Jaguars, the Jaguars were the only team that came out and played like they were going to have to work to win a football game in the NFL. I think there was very much a sense of complacency amongst the Cowboys and the Chiefs and even the Titans as undermanned as they were, uh, where the Texans just came out and out-hit those teams and played like they were the hungrier team, which is good. You should commend them for that. But let's not pretend like they were, you know, really on the same level or the same footing as those guys. So a lot of that's just the talent on the field. And I'll give Lovey Smith credit for um, I'll give Lovey Smith credit for keeping guys engaged and 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 keeping guys on track. But it's not like this team has really made a huge transformation. The offense was pitifully and pathetically unorganized and unprepared at times in that game versus the Jaguars. I thought the Texans defense was still making 
fundamental technique errors, uh, at times laziness errors, that uh, are unacceptable. And so it's uh, – I said this yesterday on my YouTube channel, actually, but like Pep Hamilton, for instance, he was given inadequate weaponry, but he is using that inadequate weaponry inadequately. Like he's just – he's okay, we've got offensive players who aren't all that good. Let's line them up in the exact same formation and run the exact same play in short yardage. And by the way, Jeff Driscoll, who's a proven non-performer in short yardage situation, let's roll him out too and let the Jaguars know exactly what we're doing. Like it's, it's really, really bad. I guess – and I got – uh, there is under no circumstances do I think Pep Hamilton should have an offensive coordinating job in the NFL here or any other place in the NFL ever again. I feel like he's had his chances and his opportunities, but it's just it's disgraceful and pathetic. Some of the it's tomfoolery, basically. If I'm allowed to say tomfoolery on the radio, it's uh, it's it's really really bad. And I don't think Lovey Smith is the head coach who frankly seems to be more concerned with running an inadequate defense because he's also the defensive coordinator. you got to hold the head coach responsible for the fact that Pep Hamilton's not running any kind of uh, a credible offense out there. So, yes, uh, to answer your question, they need to get the hell rid of everybody. (laughs) It's good to get you real fired up at the close there, Seth, as you you let it ride. We do appreciate your perspective on everything, but I'm with you on this. uh, If there was any kind of chance that Lovey – and the crew was going to come back, and they were going to try to work that out after his last four games, I think this last game kind of sealed the deal. Yeah. So, so uh, yeah, we'll talk to you next week, and uh, we'll be listening in the morning. Oh, cool. Thanks, guys. <laughs> <laughs> of course. That is Seth Payne. Listen to him, Payne and Pendergast, each and every morning right here on Sports Radio 610. All right, we'll give you the latest news. Uh, Commissioner Roger Goodell has spoken and made a decision on the game between the Bills and the Bengals. We'll let you know that coming up next and the latest update with everything surrounding that situation on Hamlin. All of that coming up next on The Drive.